0: Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is going live soon, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now, onto the show.
1: Moving iron in the 21st century.
0: to moving iron podcast market rundown with angie sesser if you know she's in santa's workshop as you can see behind her there she's got all the all the good stuff you can't see the l's though they're they're too short to be on camera but angie, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the show how, how you been
1: good good, good. just good. uh in my mind i'm wrapping all of these presents and sipping eggnog and uh watching the Holiday Baking Championship Marathon on the Food Network. <laughs> but in real life, it's harvest it's day 7,852. Yeah. So we figure we might be wrapping up here. Uh, actually, I just talked to my operations guy, and he said, I think we're almost done. And I said, you told me this three times now. So I'll believe it when I see it. But I think we're finally, finally getting there. So that's much better than... That's the, the only wish I have for Christmas.
0: Is your uh, operations guy work for the uh, trade negotiation with China? Does is is he, is he keep telling you yes. that kind of sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, he just maybe? tells
1: me the same thing uh, every day for a, a string of months, and I believe it. Right. And uh, it's a good relationship.
0: You get all fired up and then nothing happens. Look out. So, nice. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. So, before we got started here, you were talking about a article that Bloomberg put out uh, about – some possible again, you don't get everyone, get get excited. Some possible Thanks. purchases from China here as far as uh, soybeans go.
1: Yeah. So that's the conversation. We've been seeing it for a while now. The rumor first hit last Monday, you know, the talk amongst people in the industry um, that China is making the decision this week. And then it, I think it said this month, I'm not sure. My notes are a little uh, gobbled up or garbled garbled up. Apparently I'm hungry, Um, but it's looking like they're going to try to determine five to 8 million if they're going to purchase five to 8 million metric ton. So my math uh, tells me that's about 184 million to 294 million bushels, depending on what they decide. Um, Obviously state reserves do not have the uh, tariff attached, so they're able to do that much easier. Um, there is talk that some private uh, groups could come in and also purchase upwards of 2 million metric ton. Um, But again, we've been hearing that now, this is day six um, that we've been hearing that. So we'll definitely be paying attention there. The thing that really kind of is catching my attention more than anything was the Ag Ministry determined here over the last few days that we're no longer going to see pig production take place in areas where wild boars are present. I don't really know what that means as a whole, you know, obviously here in the U.S. there's a boatload of wild boars just about everywhere you go. Um, It seems you have uh, some sort of presence, you know, here in Michigan, maybe not so much, but they exist, you know. Um, So it makes me wonder what that means uh, for their production as a whole. Um, And it also makes me wonder what that means for their demand because that ASF has spread so quickly. Over 80 cases, it's in just you know almost over half of their provinces, almost two thirds. Um, we've seen them China come in the last two weeks for pork um, on the export sales number. You know, so do they need to import um, beans anytime soon, or is this kind of a way to make us feel better about what's going on during the negotiations or not? So, we did see China's imports in November were at the lowest in two years, and uh. We actually saw US bean exports in October, uh, the lowest since 2011. So we definitely do need to see some sort of uptick here pretty soon, or it could get a little bit more sad,
0: yep. sadder. Yep. That there is a, uh, I think it was an article maybe a month ago. They were talking about the, uh, the swine flu and how they had detected it in some of the wild boars, and they thought that once it got to that point, then it was almost. Hundred percent, obviously uncontrollable then, because it's a wild population that they have no control over at that point. So, yeah, um, that that does that does strike a pretty big uh, problem for pork production in China.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's it's really one of those things that uh, um, you know the disease itself. We we only first discovered it in August, and the spread has been unprecedented. And it's not a matter of if, you know, it's kind of a matter of when. And we also saw, um, you know, Vietnam right now is is quite concerned about what's going to happen there um, as they're on the border. And, you know, it doesn't seem to really care um, about borders and the spread. And if it's in the wild boar population, you know, it's not like they really um, pay attention to to which country they're hanging out in either. On top of that, you're seeing a lot of uh, Chinese pig farmers, you know, really kind of encouraged. Uh, maybe in their area, there's a lot of pork production in the, the some supply has not been impacted by ASF um they're ready to to wheel it into areas that have been and they don't even realize that they're transporting the disease you know not to mention the fact that a lot of them are eating these pigs that are contaminated with disease and then you know in northern areas of the country where they're a little less modern they feed the the leftovers of their nightly dinner to the hogs um so, which is always awkward. Like, yeah. one pig's like, is that Roscoe? And the other pig's like, just shut up and eat. Yeah. You
0: know,
1: who cares was, if it is?
0: He tastes delicious. Oh, it causes some family stress. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. But pigs don't care. Pigs are crazy. Yeah, they're cool like that, I guess. All right. Um, with the soybean thing happens this week, how do you think the market's going to react to that? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, you know what? This is just kind of a ceremonial gift from, from China? Or do they really feel like that's going to launch something?
1: You know, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did. You know, from a fundamental standpoint, you know, I saw it worded best this morning, and I, I think uh, Trey Cronin had said it on BTN, but I could be wrong. It might have been Garrett Twig. I want to give them both credit just in case, because I don't I don't want to misquote the, the wrong person here, because I'll probably misquote it. But paraphrasing it, uh, carry out, you know, is going to increase by well over 100% here, um, from last year to this year and price is only down 4%. So, I mean, we're really kind of at this point now where exports have been so slow for the first you know, quarter of the marketing year because we're basically working our way. This is the, the last month of the, the first quarter of the marketing year and we're well behind where we should be even with the lower projections from the USDA. So, okay, so China steps in and buys 200 million bushels. Um, you know, it's positive in the fact that it's it's a purchase, no matter what. Um, but does the market really get excited about it, you know, considering the fact that the Brazil crop at this point looks to be record large? So uh, I think the only way you really see another, like, upward that lasts anyway, I'm not saying... Most of my customers right now, we have target orders in um, to catch, you know, some 940 January moves, 975 uh, on the November, you know, something like that. We have those target orders in place just in case we do get a pop to the upside and some excitement that comes from it. But at this point, I don't necessarily expect it to last long without some sort of hiccup in the Brazilian production, which right now it looks to be pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah. How do you think... Okay, so we got the December crop reports coming up here pretty quick, and then the January crop report is the most important crop report of the year. Um, With harvest winding down, how do you feel projections are going to be for that January crop report? Do you feel like we've hit the numbers the USDA had put out, or do you feel like there's going to be a bit of a correction there?
1: I think we'll probably see yields adjusted (laughs) lower again, at least from what I'm hearing um, you know, just about everywhere. Um, for one, we had a significant amount of crop left in the field as of December 1st, and that's what the quarterly stocks numbers are queued off from. How does the USDA treat that? Um, you know, is that on-farm storage? I don't know. I guess it is. It's flat storage on the farm, but, um, and then, you know, from what I'm hearing anecdotally, uh, yields were off versus a year ago. Uh, throughout much of the, the Corn Belt. Now, Ohio, I think, had a lot of places that had higher yields. Ohio, uh, Indiana, parts of Illinois. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what you get out west beyond North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, where they're at. But I know throughout much of where I live there in Iowa, talking to folks at co-ops there and things like that, they didn't see the crop come in they expected. Um, and so, you know, when you have co-ops in, in Iowa that aren't filling up, it right. makes you wonder what the heck's going on, you know? Right. Um, so we'll be watching it to see there's, you know, two different things. To, are the yields as large as expected? You know, does the USDA make corrections or do they just kind of allow that to show up, you know, through subsequent reports, kind of maybe factoring in increases in demand that we are anticipating, maybe higher feed use or something like that. Um, they can always do that. You know, it's it can either be a a reduction in supply or an increase in demand as we work our way through the year. So we'll definitely be watching to see, but um, tomorrow's report will be interesting just because typically December reports are really, really boring, but the USDA has been really good at kind of bucking the trend here lately and making major adjustments when they're not expected. So, um, you know, I guess at this point in time, um, the administration, loves drama so it's not not, uh you know we'll see what kind of dramatic i don't know i've i watched young and the restless during every summer when i was a teen and i never saw as many twists and turns as what i've seen i feel like over the last six months or so um you know as a whole
0: yeah there's never a dull moment it's uh it's plenty of uh well there's Let's put it this way: There's always a moment somewhere you can fill in the yeah. the adjective that you want to put on top of that. I'm Wait.
1: ready for a dull moment. I'm in holiday mode. <clears throat> can yeah. we do holiday mode? Can we have like two weeks?
0: That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just just a little bit of a ceasefire would be nice. So
1: yeah. So I updated my advent calendar today. Today, 15 days until Christmas. There you go. It was stuck on day 38 a <laughs> while ago. So. <laughs> Apparently 20-some days went by, and I didn't even realize
0: it. Yeah, that's so. funny how that works, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Angie. Well, folks want to get a hold of you and pick your brain a little bit or and uh, learn a little more about the stuff we talked about here. How would they do that?
1: Uh, you can reach uh, me at Goddess of Grain on Twitter or asetzer at citizenselevator.com.
0: All right, Angie. Well, have yourself a good start to your Monday, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.
1: You too, have a good one. All right, we'll see you. A in iron in the 21st century Hard-working people working
0: hard for you